You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Everybody, my name is Zach. I'm Brandon, aka DJ Thackeray Banks. <laughs> oh, that is an infuriating name. Sure <laughs> is. You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damn, the show where we take some of your favorite movies from, uh, you know, from your childhood or that you haven't seen in a really long time, and we look at them sort of uh, retroactively and see if they hold up and if they're worth uh, still loving. I guess is a is a is a way to put it. Dude, this is our fiftieth fucking episode. Can you believe it? Jesus Christ. No, I really can't. I can't either, Wouldn't have man. Believed it. 50 episodes in. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we really oh, picked a fucking movie to do 50 for. God damn this it. This week we watched uh, 1993's family fantasy comedy, Hocus Pocus. This is, of course, part of our Halloween uh, kind of spooktober uh, coverage of movies that we enjoyed from our childhood that are on the spookier side. Some will be actual horror movies. Others will be kind of of this ilk where it's kind of child family friendly horror. Uh, but this movie in particular holds kind of a, a special place in both of our hearts as because we, we feel like we're not in on the joke like i feel like i'm on i don't get it i don't get no. people's obsession with this movie i am definitely on the outside looking in on this movie i mentioned last week that i don't think i've ever seen the movie all the way through it just like would happen to be on on my television come october because my sisters would be watching it dude i don't fucking understand people who like this movie i really don't like <laughs> so it, it, it completely escaped it. yeah it, it completely escaped me throughout my entire childhood despite me being an avid like 13 days of halloween you know Watcher on ABC, which I know this was a in constant reruns and shit. It just never yeah. came on my TV for whatever reason. Even though I had two sisters growing up, I did watch that movie Practical Magic more times than I can fucking count. <laughs> remember that one, dude? Sandy Christ. Bull? No, I don't remember it, Brandon. And I would have been happy going the rest of my life missing this fucking movie, <laughs> but... But here well, we are, 50th hand, episode. No, I'm tipping my hand because I'm going to let it know this movie is fucking ridiculous. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like, this this is a movie. Well, I don't want to piss people off. No, right? I'm, I'm okay pissing people off. If you like this movie, stop listening to this podcast right Dude, now. I, I think everyone clicking on this episode probably has some fond memories of this movie because so many people of this generation do. I think we just missed it. I think we just missed the mark. We missed the boat. Similar to how I would feel if I watched Halloween. Halloween Town for the first time, uh, I just would not gravitate towards it because it didn't hit me when it should have. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, I think the people who are really invested in this movie haven't seen it in a while because, man, just like from the get-go, this movie is, it's confusing that it, it this was a movie that Disney poured money into. That they did. That they did. For those few who don't know anything about Hocus Pocus, uh, the synopsis is a young virgin moves to Salem. Oh, and they make sure you know it, by the way. <laughs> this kid's a Dude, virgin. If, if you were to take a shot every time they said virgin in this movie, you'd be dead. And they don't, t and they don't even pick the low-hanging fruit on the virgin jokes. They're just like, they just let it be known. It's like a factual thing. Like, oh yeah, that kid's a virgin. He's never had sex. Dude, everyone has a problem with it too. Like, people, strangers on the street are questioning this kid like, you're still a virgin? Isn't he only like 15 years old? Yeah, he, I don't fucking know. Anyway, I, I'm interrupting. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, go ahead. We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh, virgin moves to Salem where he struggles to fit in before awakening a trio of diabolical witches that were executed in the 17th century. It's directed by Kenny 
Ortega, who directed a shit ton of TV in the 1990s and actually continues to do so today. He's also directed a handful of movies and a ton of Disney Channel original flicks. He made uh, Newsies back in the day. Remember that one with Christian yeah, I Bale? Loved, I actually love Newsies. <laughs> yeah. That's a stay tuned because I bet that movie doesn't hold that up That is at a all. stay tuned. He also did all three of the high school musical movies. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> And he also did This Is It, that uh, Michael Jackson uh, stage documentary, I believe. Yeah, I watched about half of that until I like kind of gave up because I realized Michael Jackson's not in it because he was dead. Yeah. Wait, was that most of that movie like a hologram? Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, I didn't mean to bring the mood down. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, whatever. All right. Hocus Pocus, it's got a 6.8, dude. A 6.8 on IMDb. A point eight? Yeah, 6.8, dude. <laughs> That's insane, dude. I was looking through other movies that like had lower scores, and it is, it's shocking. This also has, though, a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics were not nearly as uh, kind to this movie as audiences were. So it cost about $28 million to make. It only earned $39 million at the box office, and it finished 39th for the year uh, of 1993. Now, much like, I guess, some of the recent movies we've actually done on this show, it was one of the cases of it just wasn't successful at the box office, but found its following on home video and uh, constant runs during October on the Disney Channel and ABC. And yeah, it was kind of a staple of a lot of kids' childhoods that way. And I think I think it's the, the main reason is because we simply didn't, especially back in the 90s, didn't have a lot of... Halloween themed films for kids. Most of them were obviously for adults because they're, you know, horror movies, but this is the same exact year that Night uh, A Nightmare Before Christmas was released. And so this is before the kind of era of the stop motion animation that we get a lot of today, like Paranorman and Coraline and Frankenweenie. And, and that sort of entertainment just didn't exist back then. And so I kind of wonder, it was almost like, this is all we've got. Let's watch Hocus Pocus again. You know what I mean? I guess, man. I, I don't know. It, I feel like this movie now lives on through uh, GIFs or GIFs, whatever y uh, you prefer politically. Um, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Is it Jardians of the Galaxy? Uh, no. Is it a Jolden Retriever? No. <laughs> But anyway, we're getting off track once again. Go figure. Um, but I, I feel like this is a movie that just kind of lives on through social media. And like every October, people are like, oh, time to pop in Hocus Focus. But I sincerely question how many people are popping in Hocus, Fo Hocus Pocus every October. Because, man, I even as a kid's film, I just don't think you can do so much better. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. And you're right. I don't know how many people who claim to watch this every year actually watch it every year. And if you do, there are better stuff out there. <laughs> what are you doing? There's so much better stuff out there, man. There's there's so much to unpack with just like it, it, it honestly like it felt like a straight to home video movie. And it, it wasn't. I mean, there is so, there's some amazing cast members in this. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is in this and she's. You know, she's a good actress. I don't really know why she doesn't get more lines in this. She's kind of just played off as like a ditzy witch. And then, uh, oh, my God, even though I was just about to go on and say that she's a good actress, her name escapes me. The 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 main... Midler. Yeah. Yeah. She's great, too. So I just I don't really quite understand. Uh, yeah, I'd say I'd like 
pretty much every one of these people and in other things. Yeah, the witches. Not I wouldn't go as far as to say the kids, but the witches, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a quick look behind the scenes anyway before we dive right in. The role of uh, our lead character here, Max Dennison, who really went on to do not a whole lot after this, understandably go so. Figure. He's kind of a yeah, wet paper towel in this, yeah. Uh, I guess it was originally offered to DiCaprio, dude. Leonardo DiCaprio was scheduled to appear in this, but thank God he turned it down to appear in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh, my God, and a movie that I feel like he should have won an Academy Award for. Dude, that's one of my favorite movies of the 90s, and one of my favorite performances of him, uh, his. I I love that movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he could... That is that is a bullet dodge. I think the I think the prospect of Leonardo DiCaprio taking this role is the scariest thing about this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rosie O'Donnell was actually is that offered why the we role... keep bringing it up in October is because it's a scary concept to think that we almost lost one of our nation's greatest actors to this movie. That is what, scary, dude. dude what yeah, would have October's happened? Creepy. Yeah. What would have happened if he went that route? And who would have played you know little Arnie in uh, in What's Eating Gilbert Grape? I don't. I mean, probably the kid who played Max Dennison, I guess. I don't know. Ugh, that's a world I don't want to live in, dude. No, absolutely not. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell was originally offered the role of Mary Sanderson, which it went, uh, which went to Bette Midler. Uh, she didn't want to be, didn't want to play a scary witch, I guess, which is kind of strange. So Hocus Pocus strangely was released July 16th in 93 instead of, you know, when they thought it should have been in, in October. Uh, I guess they didn't want to compete with the Nightmare Before Christmas, which was released, uh, in October that year. However, Hocus Pocus was released the exact same weekend, dude, as Free Willy. Oh, my God. Free Willy? Yeah. Dude. Couldn't compete with the fucking, you know, Shamu, dude. It came <laughs> in at fourth. So, I was going to say, did they, did they see Free Willy coming up and they're like, oh, my God, we'll beat fucking this dumbass movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wrong. Little did they know, yeah. America was obsessed with killer whales, man. Hocus Pocus is actually the sixth highest grossing witch movie behind The Blair Witch Project, Witches of Eastwick, Bewitched. Remember the Will Ferrell Bewitched version? Yeah. Oh, oh man. God. Uh, <laughs> Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters Ugh. and Practical Magic. Oh, yeah. no, my God. It, however, beat The Last Witch Hunter with Vin Diesel and The Vavitch, oh, dude. Geez. And by the way, I could not stop thinking of The Witch the entire movie. All I kept thinking of was, I hope I these goddamn bitches start levitating at the end of this. My only thought, because I also thought of The Witch uh, during this movie, and it was mostly about how I'd rather be watching that movie about witches than this movie about witches. Um, <laughs> God, you look at that witch list, like... Almost all of those are, like, universally not liked movies. There are not a lot of great witch movies. I mean, even The Blair Witch Project, which is number one, made a lot of money, I'd say is still pretty controversial and and not necessarily a a beloved by everyone, you know what I mean? No, there are definitely people there who will argue against The Blair Witch Project, but... I I think besides that and maybe The Witch, I think those are the only two movies that you at least consider passable on that list. All the other ones are, like, just... Just awful. Uh, lastly, this is Bette Midler's favorite of her entire filmography, and there have been uh, years and years of sequel speculation. Both filmmakers and actors have expressed interest in returning. Um, several starts and stops, but supposedly, as of right now, there is a Disney Channel uh, remake to air, but it has not started production yet. So whether or not we'll ever see the light of day, I won't be tuning in. But <laughs> it's a possibility that fans of this movie may finally see a sort of pseudo-sequel remake uh, on the Disney Channel someday soon. And 
you know what? That's fine. I guess people who like this movie are entitled to watch it. And clearly there's enough of them because even my local movie theater is rerunning this movie. Uh, towards the end of October. Yeah, it's celebrating its 25th anniversary this year, so there was a massive, like, they re-released the Blu-ray, and there was a whole push of it back on kind of digital platforms where they're really selling this as kind of an anniversary of the movie. And, uh, yeah, 25 years it's been out. Let's just hop right in, dude. There's a lot to unpack here. Oh, my God. All right. So we open up in 1693 on Halloween near Salem, Massachusetts, where Thackeray Binks... God damn it. Thackeray, sees, right? Now, Thackeray. Th- no, not th- Zachary. Th- yeah. T.H. Ackery Binks sees his sister yeah. Emily uh, is, is speared away to some cottage by three witches. He's searching for her in the woods. And I like this little detail in the beginning. I think it's an accident. Maybe it was purpose or, or stylistic, but he's like chasing after Emily after he sees some sort of like, you know, spirit wind in the air. And mm-hmm. he falls down like a fucking noob and falls for so long that when he stops rolling, it's nighttime. He starts searching oh, for yeah. a daytime. And when he stops rolling, it is nighttime and he's near the cottage. I didn't know if they were like trying to play it off like there's a time no. warp where no, it's don't, no, no, no. Don't try and give this know, movie any fucking artistic credit. I'm going to put the Bosh on that right now. It's a consistency error. I didn't like it. By the way, this little girl, Emily, she's like the most lifeless little girl ever. Like, they're, the whole point is that the witches are kind of sucking the life force out of her. But did you see the dead stare from this little girl? She doesn't have a soul. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Dude, both of the little girls in this movie are just vacant, just slabs of fucking human meat. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this little girl, she's strapped to a chair, and we're introduced to our, I guess, anti-heroes, our villainesses of the film. It's the Sanderson sisters. They're a trio of witches, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy. And let's get this right out of the way. All three of them are fucking overacting to the point where Jim Carrey in Batman Forever would blush. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it really is. Especially, uh, Najimi is is atrocious in this movie. Dude, um, what is... I, ha- like, what is happening with her? Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker clearly got the just be a ditzy pretty blonde memo, because that's what yeah, she's, and she's doing. Yeah, she's looking but beautiful she, in this. She's I, looking gorgeous in this. This is the most pretty I've ever seen Sarah Jessica Parker in this movie. I think so. I think uh, so. Um... And then I th- I will say I think Bette Midler kind of um she gets it but even she is like it's so over the top all three of these women it's hard to say that they're the best part of the movie because I think that's true but it's also setting an extremely low bar for the movie because it's not really that enjoyable if if you're just watching for performances. No, and they're doing this, it's like a Three Stooges routine. They're like slapping each other, and Najimi, yeah. who I I think is portraying like a mentally challenged person, or some, something's going on there where she's clearly much slower than the other two sisters, and she's getting beaten the shit out of, dude, this entire movie. Yeah, and she's also, she's also I think her character's supposed to be like a dog or something, because <laughs> yeah. she, she can smell children, and she's constantly barking like or growling yeah it's like the like the stand by me question what is like pluto in the the mickey universe where goofy's also a dog like she's treated like yeah. a dog and beaten like a dog but is she but they treat her it's just super it's super uncomfortable in today's like i'm, I'm gonna go what? ahead moving forward for nostalgia be damn sake she is a dog moving <laughs> forward all right so all right so it's about these two sisters and their dog (laughs) who's also a person (laughs) 
So their whole plan is to basically suck the children of Salem dry of their youth. They plan to become immortal and, and young forever and whatnot. But uh, Banks fucks up their plan, right? I Yeah, kind of. Not really. He So he follows Emily out into the woods and sees his sister getting taken away. So he sends for help. He goes to interrupt their little ceremony of uh, sucking the life out of this little girl. I don't like that phrasing. We got to think of something else. Draining the life of this little girl. No, dude. They are dude, they are sucking the kids dry of this town. No, they, but they, you're right. They are actually legitimately sucking... <laughs> air out of but anyway he he interrupts them and uh tries to stop them he can't save his sister though and the witches end up turning him into an immortal cat our second straight film we've covered where someone gets turned into a cat dude binks is a punk ass bitch he lets his sister die which by the way they are gonna skate over so quickly that a child is killed within the first eight minutes of this movie Mm -hmm. nope doesn't matter dude there's a lot of uh things in this movie that really aren't child appropriate at one point sarah jessica parker's riding a bus driver's lap it's weird yeah Dude, that scene we are absolutely going to dissect, but this is the perfect movie for Nostalgia to Be Damned because it's one of those movies you look back on and you're like, there is a lot of shady shit going on underneath oh the surface. Oh, my God. The, the boy who plays uh, Thackeray Binks here, I don't know if you watch NCIS. No, but I dude, don't watch NCIS. That's Sean Murray. Uh, <laughs> I don't either. But uh, it's Sean Murray, Young McGee on the show, and I only mention that because if you notice, his words never match his mouth, and that's because they dubbed over him because the voice for the cat Binks is Jason Marsden none other than fucking Max Goof in a Goofy movie, dude. He does two famous Maxes. I knew I fucking knew that voice from somewhere. Thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> it is Max from the fucking Goofy movie. Dude, this kid that's playing this role, by the way, oh my God. He's <laughs> awful. Oh, man. He's so bad. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the townsfolk break in, uh, basically uh, try to hang the witches for their crimes. So again, this is like 10 minutes in and we're getting hangings. The witches uh, put a curse or a spell that basically um, allows if a male virgin lights a black candle on Halloween, I think. Very convoluted. (laughs) Yep. Um, The witches, the witches will come back for a night um, and basically get a second chance at life. That's right, yeah. So then we cut to 300 years later. Uh, we're in Salem, Massachusetts, where this teacher is telling their tale of the Sanderson sisters, and she's telling it with such passion, I can't tell if the entire town thinks this is, like, definitive history of the town, or if it's, like, an urban legend that they all kind of buy into. I don't I don't know what they 100% believe in. They're all fucking standing up and cheering. It's, it's just got to be, like local legend i would assume like they're like yeah those sanderson sisters but they fucking love it dude this town is so obsessed with halloween that the class cutie uh her name's allison she's played by vanessa shaw whom i remembered from the hills have eyes remake and corky romano remember that movie corky romano that's exactly what i yep i don't remember corky romano i haven't seen it but i do remember that hills have eyes remake i fucking loved that movie when i was younger and uh I liked her a lot in that movie too. So uh, this is uh, this was kind of cool. I did. I she's maybe the one person in this movie who I have 
almost zero qualms with. Yes, I'll agree, one hundred percent. I'd say out of the kids or pretty much everyone, I'd say she's the one who grates me the I'd least. I'd say everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'd say everybody. Yeah. So what's funny though is Max, our lead character, he's new to the town. He's from California, and uh, flip side, oh, this kid. <laughs> that's right. Fuck him. Allison is like really is quick to put him in his place when he starts trashing Halloween. Like, and when so much so that the class is cheering and giving her high fives. Like, fuck yeah, man, you put Max in his place. Tell that fucking yuppie. Um, and he responds by being maybe the biggest virgin of all time and like hands her his stands up in front of the entire class. They're all watching this and just hands her his number. Ew, dude. Ew. I had to put subtitles on and rewind it because what he says beforehand confused me so much. He hands her a number because she's talking about how, you know, Halloween's based on the feast on All Hallows' Eve and it's the night you can talk with the dead, they come back. He comes over to her and he says, in case Jimi Hendrix shows up tonight, here's my number. And everyone's just like, ooh, what the, what? I thought class had what? been dismissed and he had moved on. I, like, that's, so, that's so weird. No, he did this in front of everybody. And the teacher is nothing. The teacher's like, yo, I hope my dude Max gets it. <laughs> yeah, because he's a virgin, fucking virgin. So it's Halloween and kids are spraying their goddamn teachers with silly string and shit. This was not the case with Halloween in my high school. No one, no one did this. I loved Halloween, but I was considered, you know, probably like a weird fucking kid who liked halloween no one loved halloween this much yeah you could tell like in my school like the teachers hated halloween like the kids were dressing up and they're like i don't want to fucking deal with this today (laughs) i don't think anybody not even people even people in halloween town are like well you guys need to chill with the halloween a little bit here Like, relax. Yes, absolutely. They're like, calm it down. Yeah, relax. So I do like that they shot a lot of this. All the exteriors, I mean, there's clearly a lot of soundstage work in this, but all of the exteriors are shot during fall time in Massachusetts. So there is a lot of, you know, changing of the leaves, and it feels like fall. I will say, you said Bette Midler might be one of the best parts of the movie. I say, really, by far, the best part of this movie is the atmosphere, production design, and cinematography. Like, it feels like Halloween. It does. It. I mean, it... It is shot like not terribly. There's a couple things. There's a couple of things in this movie, cinematography-wise, that are pretty good. Dude, I'm so happy we finally have some classic '90s bullies back, dude. It's been a while. Oh, uh, these are the best '90s bullies, and we're talking fucking long blonde hair, fingerless gloves, leather black leather jacket wearing motherfuckers. I'm into these guys. The actors are terrible, but the idea is 100 percent go for it yeah it's solid they're jay and ernie one of which ernie of course is aka ice if you didn't know that he's got it shaved in the back of his head my friend (laughs) yeah they're they're a bunch of couple of bumbling losers man they're like you know this is my friend jay and then he like hits him and brings him in for the huddle he's like i i thought i told you to call me ice and he just stands up he's like this is ice like uh (laughs) the writing is bad but but, like, it's so cliche, but, like, you know how I feel about 90s bullies. I am so in. We're both in, dude. And the fact that all they want, it, not necessarily, I mean, they want some money and stuff, but also, he's got some nice kicks, dude. And what did we want in the 90s? Shoes. Fucking Nikes, dude. Yeah. 
I think it's pretty safe to say that Max probably goes in the uh, bracket for terrible male or lead protagonist. Is that safe to say, Zach? You know, it's funny. I was actually thinking that when I was watching the movie. I was like, yo, this, like, in minutes, I was like, this kid goes into the tournament. He's fucking terrible. So we get a little bit of uh, Max's home life. There's a lot of virgin talk. So as soon as he gets back home, what does he do? He takes a pillow and shoves it between his crotch and starts talking about class cutie Allison. Meanwhile, I, th- I think his you're sister- getting a little, a little over. <laughs> Zealous. He's like, he's Dude, like no, hugging no, the no. pillow. He's hugging the pillow and he's smelling it and he's like, oh, he's spooning and his it. Fucking he's spooning it. Creepy ass sister comes out, his little baby sister, who's played by Kevin Spacey's daughter in American Beauty, which is all I can oh, think God. of. Thora Birds the whole time. Yep. Uh, she jumps out of the closet and uh, like runs onto the bed next to him and she's like, oh, look at me. I'm Allison. Kiss me. Kiss me. And I'm like, ew, 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 ew. Sadly, dude, that's probably one of the least weird things about this movie. But Max is a real, you know, he's a real fucking chode. He, he's grown out of trick-or-treating. It's too, you know, he's too cool for it. He won't take his sister. But apparently, the weird thing about this town, and we'll get into it a bit later, is all of the adults just go to a town hall party and, and all of the kids go out hammered. by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, if you were to be a serial killer or, like, a child abductor... <laughs> Halloween's yes. the fucking night in this town. Holy shit. You're trick-or-treating for kids at that point. Like, you've got a whole... Your your van is your, you know, your bucket, and you're yeah. just going around picking yeah. up sweets. That's... I can't. I'm on a watch list just for saying Horrific. that. Horrific. Anyway. <laughs> um. So, the sister basically demands that they go out trick-or-treating. Dude, and they're immediately jumped by fucking bullies again. Jay and Ice, dump out your sack. They scrounge for fucking candy. They're, like, threatening to beat up eight-year-olds. It's pretty cool. They're <laughs> dude, pretty sweet. Dude, that's the best part of this whole part is that he's threatening this little girl, and then Max walks in, and he's like, oh, you're related to L.A., Los Angeles, Hollywood, or yeah, whatever? Hollywood. So he was going to beat this little girl up. He was going to beat this little girl up before he even knew that she was related to the guy who was bullying yeah, fucking, earlier. It's, like, it's Ice, hard, dude. These guys yeah, are hard. Yeah, Ice is a fucking badass motherfucker, and he's cool. Anyway, um, so they're going around trick-or-treating, and they run into uh, Allison, right? That's her name, Allison. Oh yeah, yep. And they're having like this weird fucking party at her house where they're all like they're not dressed in like specific like they're not dressed in random Halloween costumes. They're all wearing like Pride and Prejudice specific costumes, <laughs> like colonial. Yeah, it's super weird. Yeah, it is very weird. Um, and so basically, uh. What's his name? Max? Yes. Yeah, fucking, I'll never yep. fucking remember this. Uh, Max is, uh, you know, he's stoked because the girl of his fucking dreams, which he says, even though he's known her for, what, a week? <laughs> like They find out along the way that her parents used to run the ha- the museum that was dedicated to the Sanderson sisters. It's, it's since closed, but Max is like, well, we should go because he wants to spend time with Allison. The the sister doesn't want to go and he's like please like i'll do anything let's just do it and then at one point they start talking about allison's tits yes i was just like, gonna right mention in front that. of like, her they break out of this goddamn eyes wide shut party to go to i guess yeah the old sanderson house which is now a museum all but they just fucking abandoned all the merchandise and <laughs> everything inside is like no fuck it close up shop but they don't lock it or anything it's very strange i which you know i find it very odd that they're like yeah this museum's not doing well when everybody in fucking town is like getting a boner every time they hear the story <laughs> you're right you're right you'd think something so popular would be like raking in the bucks 
but it's not, I guess, yeah. It's abandoned, so all three of them go there, and they find the uh, the black flame candle and what's basically the Necronomicon, right, from the Evil Dead. It's, like, bound in human flesh. Yeah, they never straight up say it, but it's the Necro- Necronomicon. Um, and, uh, but fucking Max, like a goddamn idiot, takes out his Zippo lighter, which, you know, what a virgin thing to do. Clearly not a smoker, but he's got a Zippo lighter handy. Oh, no, he stole that, um, dude. Remember? He actually stole that from... Because oh, he steals it. And I'm not going to lie. I was I was checking my phone at this point. <laughs> How dare I, like, you? I had halfway checked out. Yeah, well, thankfully, sucks. I have a list uh-huh. of detailed notes. This is what yeah. pisses me off. The cat attacks him, and then he goes to light it, and then delivers the laziest title drop I've ever heard. He just says, oh, come on. It's just a bunch of Hocus Pocus. And then lights it. This fucking digital flame starts to flame. It's the title of the movie. <laughs> you might as well have looked right into the the camera, like the hot tub time machine moment. Would have been way cooler. But he's cooler. just delivering it so lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Green flames and shit or lights start, you know, flashing under the floorboards, and you know, because a virgin lit the candle, the witches have been summoned back to life. Ooh, and then uh, they kill the kids and uh, take over the town, and that's the end of the movie. Hocus pocus. Do what you think. <laughs> Oh, man. I wish. I wish. No. That wasn't the end of the movie? Sadly, no, dude. We have a whole lot more to get to. And this is where they introduce... Okay, so the the witches are from 300 years ago. They're being reintroduced to this brand new technology, and they really run with a lot of these gags. Uh, The first one is like the fire alarm sprinkler system that he convinces is like acid rain or rain of death or some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're able to escape, and that's when he discovers that Binks can fucking talk, and everyone is cool with this. Like, it takes two seconds for everyone to be like, yeah, that cat talks, it's cool, whatever. Yeah, don't hesitate. They're like, oh, uh, talking cat, sure. To be fair, is it the weirdest thing they've seen that night? No. (laughs) But why isn't this cat voiced by, like, Patrick Stewart or Nick Nolte? Like, why why is it fucking this chode from a Goofy movie? I just wanted a nice, gruff voice for this cat to be just like, you kids, you fucking kids. It could have been, like, Clint Eastwood, Gran Torino cat. I would have liked that. Instead, we stick with fucking, uh... This Like, this kid, it's clearly, like, a young adult trying to do, like, some wise, sagely voice of reason and it just comes off so shitty well and that's the thing is they use a real cat for i would say pretty much everything there's a few like puppets or model cats that they use for close-ups and stuff but i don't like the cgi mouth dude i I would rather have had like a sabrina the teenage witch puppet like i I don't know why but i did not like the cgi mouth it really took me out of it and i know obviously this came out in the mid the early 90s so it's supposed to be forgiven but i could not get over that haunting cgi mouth (laughs) Why does he even have to be a cat? Why can't he just be, like, a young recluse teen who no one's seen in, like, centuries, but he's been, you know, just living off in the woods by himself? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. But, so, this is where kind of the thrust of the plot kicks in, which, by the way, is is pretty much 40 minutes into the movie when they finally say, like, the witches are back, and they realize that they have, you know, before dawn, before they'll be dusk, they have, by Halloween night to consume the souls of Salem, uh, the children, in order to become, uh, remain immortal and young forever. That's the the crux. So now they got to find the book because the kids stole the book. There we go. Here's the plot. Let's fucking get to it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much just fucking Tom and Jerry from here on out. It's a bunch of, like, running, where are they, there they are, where are they, there they are. Because these kids don't know what the fuck, like, to do until the last 20 minutes of this movie or so, right? Yeah, and there's also, like, a lot of just, like, 
plot details or something thrown in last minute that that really like divert the plot still like uh, we'll get into why those kind oh, of bug the me. fucking the salt the salt ring <laughs> yeah man the salt we'll get into that uh but yeah Dude, this movie also breaks a million of its own rules yes, which it does. we will get into yes it does binks uh, you know yeah delivers a bunch of exposition uh they're at the graveyard and they confront the children. Ma- Ma- Sarah Jessica Parker, by the way, is thirsty for this Max kid. She wants it, dude. She wants everybody in this movie. She is, like, constantly looking to get laid in this movie. Yeah, and the other person who kind of looks to be getting laid is Billy Butcherson, who is the ex-lover of Winifred, uh, played by Bette Midler, but he used to bang Sarah Jessica Parker's character. He's now a zombie who's been dead for 300 years, apparently was killed by Bette Midler's character. But during the scene at the graveyard, they reanimate the zombie corpse of him. They can't catch the kids. The kids apparently are too fast, despite the fact that they have brooms and they're flying around and shit. So they decide the easiest thing is to reanimate a zombie corpse to follow the kids to get them back on foot. Well, so this is also one of the rules that it breaks. The whole reason that they're in the grave graveyard and why the witches won't go near them is because the graveyard is supposed to be sacred ground that the witches can't go right yeah i get that which is why they won't which is why they won't touch the floor so at one point they're like they can't touch us here right and binks goes well they can't and that's when they reanimate the corpse and they're like Go bring the kids in the book and bring them to us. But as soon as they leave so that's why they reanimate the the graveyard couldn't they just come get them then yeah they could but (laughs) oh okay they're also like going after them. Like they claim that the witches can't touch them there. The witches touch them a lot in the graveyard. Yeah, you're right. And I do actually kind of like the way the witches look. Not in the wide shots when it's clearly like a matte painting or something, but them like flying around. You can clearly tell it's not CGI or anything. It's wire work, but it looks good. I like the the wind blowing underneath their capes and did, shit. Did you? Because I used to. Because I remember a couple of shots where you could you can't see the wire, but it's very clear that it's wire work. And they don't, like, move them very quickly, so it looks like the wire's just kind of, like, hanging loose, like nobody's really, like, controlling yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're just kind of, like, slugging into the fucking It's very shot. possible I'm only remembering this, the climax part with, with the witches because I had just watched this in two, like, well, viewings, and I'll explain when I had to stop it to give myself time to, like, recoup. Uh, it's coming up here. But yeah, I also <laughs> took a I also took like a half hour break from this movie. I slept in between and watched it <laughs> finish the rest of it. But I will say another one of my favorite parts of this movie is the the zombie character who's decapitated here in the first couple minutes we see him, which is kind of cool. I always like zombie decapitation in my children's flicks. But uh he's played by Doug Jones, none other, you know, shape of water himself, mm-hmm. nope. the fucking amphibian man. Yeah, I like his performance as a zombie here. His he's very physical and whatnot. I think he says maybe like 10 words in the whole movie similar to most Doug Jones performances sadly but uh yeah I I like him in a sea of you know mediocrity and just hokiness yeah he at least seems kind of uh I wouldn't say dangerous or anything, but I like his makeup. I he guess, just seems I, edgier, I guess, than most I of guess, what I'm watching. I don't know. I, I'm grasping at straws here, dude. <laughs> I, you really are because, man, I just I was so bored. I was so bored. That's that's the one thing I will also say about this movie is that just like apart from things that are clearly bad and we're clearly going to make fun of, I was bored as hell during this movie. I just didn't care. I was waiting for it to be over. I like the scenes of them out out and about in Salem. And and that honestly could be just obviously because I'm a huge Halloween fan and I like the way it's photographed. I like the Halloween time feel. I also like they shot a lot of this at night so it doesn't seem like that like 
stupid where they try to fake daylight for nighttime or a lot of it is shot on sets but every time it's really outside in this town I'm kind of digging it Uh, the kids wind up escaping to the sewer and then there's this whole bit with the bus driver and we could talk about this because this scene is confounding dude so I get the whole fact that yeah they, they don't understand this technology it's all new to them so the bus pulls up and it's this fucking skeevy like the worst bus driver in the world he basically like pulls over they're like what is this contraption what is it used for and he says oh it's to transport you to your most hidden desires and then Najimi or Bette Midler is like we desire children then he says well it might take me a few times but hop on in <laughs> yeah exactly so like great so we he we plans on running a train on these witches sex- yeah, we went from sex innuendo to pedophilia innuendo to sex innuendo in like three seconds. It was insane. <laughs> and then he runs over Binks. That was amazing. That was incredible. Like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, because you hear a thump and everything. Oops, speed bump. Yeah, they straight up like almost like they quote kill Binks. Like, he's flat in the middle. It's fucking Looney Tunish. And then his fucking rib cage inflates, and there's all these sounds of these bones breaking and cracking and shit. I love that he's part. He's like, What? I told you I'm immortal. Ugh. <sighs> Dude. Can you imagine the hellish nightmare this guy's been living, by the way? He probably had been hit by a car, I don't know, 25 times already, and is just like, yeah, I'm used to this. Watch, I gotta pop my goddamn ribcage out again. He does say that. He's like, I hate when that happens. It's oh, like, oh he, of God, course he does. Poor God damn person. it, dude. Yeah, at that point, yeah. you're an immortal cat. You can't drown yourself or hang yourself or anything. Man. But I guess being thrown on a rock later on will do it. Uh, maybe it's because he's in <laughs> holy ground. Whatever, dude. I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to fucking understand this movie. I'm really not. Okay, this part, I do have to ask you a few questions about. The witches wind up at a, another house. They basically just walk right in the door after Gary Marshall is, is dressed as Satan, the devil. And so they are foolishly yeah. thought to believe that he actually is Satan and that he's controlling them or that he's their master and whatnot. Really creepy listening to Sarah, J, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker call Gary Marshall her master for a good five-minute scene. But this scene literally means nothing good goes nowhere and is completely useless to the entire movie it's filler i mean we did this movie is only 96 minutes long um so it a lot of it is just filler i guess but it it, you're right it's just like it's like why bother doing this like they're walking around they're like scared of all the kids in costumes because they don't understand their kids which is a fucking absurd they go inside and kathy najimi discovers fucking television and yeah sarah jessica parker moves in on the husband yeah it's their like five minutes to stooge out like exactly what we were saying before they're just doing three stooges routines it's like who gives a shit and yeah the the wife imagine being the wife of this character he's just brought these three strangers into their house and he's dancing with one of them in the living room she's like just what the fuck is happening who are you and why are you in my house and she's trying to get them out what's even more disturbing is that the scene it's Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall, his sister in real life, are playing husband and wife. I don't know why the scene is in the movie or what's happening. I do like the fact that the witches are super pissed off that Halloween has been, you know, transformed into a holiday and it's commercialized. I like that. I, I like the fact that they would be offended by this. But this scene right here is 100% useless. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to find the positives of this movie, and I really can't. And I realize it's going to piss off a lot of our, our listeners who like this movie but man i just i the whole movie 
just seems like nonsense to me. Like uh, it's it loses all credibility in the first five minutes and never gets it back. It's just those scenes that like really pit. Like why did he even invite them in? I thought it was a party. I thought he was inviting them in like it was a party, and it's just him and his wife in the house. <laughs> anyway, I'm dwelling on that. Then we cut to the fucking town hall, which is a goddamn rager. It's a rave for adults. All the townspeople in this place they go to the town hall. Can you imagine the town hall in your city right now? throwing a fucking rave for adults while all the children are roaming around the town? I'm telling you right now, in my town at least, no one would be fucking going to that party. Not a single person. You might get some people who are, like, you know, very old who are going to that party, but, like, my parents aren't going to that party. No, and this scene, despite me never seeing this as a child, would have infuriated me as a kid because the one thing I don't want in my Halloween movie is a musical number. And there's this whole thing where the witches oh, crash this thing. But you get it. Oh, we do indeed, man. The 90s were such a different time to be alive. But Max outs the Sandersons in front of everyone, you know, on stage and everyone, everything. And then she does this, I put a spell on you thing. And enchants all the partygoers until they basically just party all night. <laughs> I put a spell on you. They just tell them, like, you're going to party forever. It'll be fucking sweet. And, like, the adults don't realize it, but they can't stop dancing. When when Sarah Jessica Parker and Najimi jump in and they start singing, like, backup like chorus lines and stuff, it's like, what? I get that it's a kid's movie, but this is stupid. It's just a chance to let Bette Midler show off her singing, which she's not, she's not a bad singer. No, not at all. But, like, that's the whole point of it. And it's so obvious. It's just, like, Bette Midler is a stage actress and we want her to get time like singing. And it's like, well, fucking do it somewhere else then. Like, honestly, I don't give a shit. Allison gets the idea to trap the witches inside the school. They'll lure them there by the scent of their nubile flesh, I guess. And once they're inside, they somehow trap them in the school's incinerator. Does every school have an incinerator? Yeah, no. Well, so actually my school had this, it's a kiln for, um, for you know art classes when they do like pottery oh, yes, and okay. stuff like that uh, we didn't have that in poor old Maine. <laughs> eh, sorry bud um but my 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 school actually did have this um but this infuriated me too because it's actually not a bad idea and you can tell because it, that it's not actually the climax of the movie because first of all if you check the timestamp, there's another 20 minutes left in the movie um, but it's also like so anticlimactic, like they barely do anything. They just like close the door behind them and they don't stick around to see if the witches actually die. They just leave. They they put him in there. They Classic start horror the trope, oven, dude. and then like the next shot is them doing weird fucking dances down the street, going whoopee, like literally. And yeah, it's they legit so celebrate for a minute long. Yeah. yeah, and it's like just stay there and watch them die. Don't just like. Be like, oh, we fucking did it. Oh, it's infuriating. Fuck that. <laughs> There's some green smog coming out of the top, letting you know that, you know, probably that's their burnt corpses cooking up in there. Uh, but they're all cheering, and then they decide to basically adopt Binks. He's he's planning on heading out, but they're like, hey, you live forever. How about we, you know, you become our domesticated animal, uh, despite you being a human being trapped in this hellish prison. And he's like, oh, sweet. And she's like, 
And then the little girl's like, and then my sis, my daughters, my my children will take care of you, and then their children will take care of you. And she's like, we'll feed you milk and tuna fish. Yeah, like the whole concept of this like threw me off a little bit because uh, Max treats Binks like, hey man, like why don't you just come live with us? Like you don't have to be alone. Like he's kind of treating him like a person, but it's the little girl. Who's like, you're a cat. I'm going to feed you tuna and milk. And it's like, no, that's a person. You can't do this. You can't like keep him like, this is my fucking cat. Now let's. I'm going to pet your head and you're going to shit in a box and I'm going to love you forever. Yeah, no, it's like, hey, man, like I'm going to do my best to accommodate you as a human. That's okay. No, she's like straight up like, no, you're going to shit in boxes for the rest of your life, which is forever. <laughs> like, ee. Oh, that's man. the true horror of this movie. That and Leonardo to Caprio almost being in it. Um, so all is good. Max and uh, Allison and Danny, the little girl, they all head home. Allison winds up snuggling up to Max. And I wondered for a split second, because there's been all this talk of virginity loss and stuff. Were they going to bone? Whether he was going to lose her yes, virginity. Dude. I thought so, too. I was so sure we were going to watch this kid at one point, like, go into a room with her and uh, loses virginity or if they were going to do that fucking terrible Disney thing where they're like you kissed you're not a virgin anymore because they almost kiss yeah at one point yep. they never do yeah those they lips never kiss almost touch movie. dude oh, lips almost touch and I was wondering if they would do like a kiss it would cut to black and then later on in the movie when they were about to kill him and stuff they'd think he would die or whatnot but then it'd be like guess what I'm no longer a virgin I went to the bone zone I don't fucking I, yeah I don't get it but whatever they didn't do it Disney's full of cowards I'm willing to say <laughs> so uh but stupidly allison and max get the idea that they want to help out binks um and they open the book like a bunch of fucking noobs and it shines this goddamn light up in the sky and now the witches know oh shit they open the book now we know where it is because they learn at one point that you can put like a ring of salt i don't know why they do this they're like i they're like, uh, I better walk you home or something. I feel, or no, they're going to open the book and they're like, well, I'd feel better if we knew we were protected. We can put a ring of, like, they just bring it up. They're like, I heard like, oh no, they read it in the book. She reads it. Yeah. She reads it in the book and it's a quick, like throwaway line or whatever. She's like, oh, salt will help us like defeat them. Or like, we'll be protected inside this ring of salt. It's like, oh, that's fucking convenient. <laughs> yeah. Nice of you to bring this up at the fucking hour and 20 minute mark. Um, so <laughs> They, uh, they, the witches come and they kidnap the little girl whose name escapes me. Uh, we'll call her Denny. Oh, okay. We'll call, I was going to call her Solus, but Denny's fine. Um, <laughs> so they kidnap her, uh, because Allison put a ring of salt around herself. She's protected and, uh, Max almost dies. Would have been cool if he did, but he doesn't. No. Um, yeah. They take Danny they, and then in the sky, Sarah Jessica Parker starts singing and her voice kind of enchants all the children of Salem and they start wandering off like zombies to kind of, you know, they're called to the Sanderson house. And yeah, there's a, another big chase. Uh, this is another part where they break the rules as he's driving really fast. She comes up next to them on her like broom and she's like, Ooh, may I see your driver's permit? Are you resisting arrest? Like, how would she know these? Yeah, how do you again, know these terms? Stupid stuff that I'm pulling apart. But like, just, just, just stick with your your conceit. They're old people; they don't know anything yeah. about this stuff. Just that that was fine. That was fine. But they keep just lazily breaking their own rules. 
they arrive at the old burial hill um, and Billy catches up with Max and you think, oh, the zombie's going to, you know, kill him. But then he cuts his mouth open because his mouth's been sewn shut this entire time. And moths come out, which, by the way, I guess were real. That wasn't CGI. Those are real fucking moths that Doug Jones had to spit out of his mouth for this horrible, horrible movie. Um, but he spits him out. <laughs> <laughs> Spits him out, Tug and then Jones he basically is like, no, you're a bitch. <laughs> like, you should, you belong in hell. Tells Bette Midler, because she's, you know, t- clearly the one responsible for him dying anyway. And so he, you know, it's a double cross, bro. He decides to help out Max and the gang. Which, again, just 80 minutes in, you're pulling this out. And then, like, by the end of the movie, you're supposed to look fondly on him. Like, oh, man, like, you were one of our best friends. It's like, no, for 80 minutes, you thought this was a bad guy. Don't fucking turn around and act like, oh, no, he's fucking and he's one of the coolest guys ever. Fuck that. <laughs> well, there's this, uh, you know, the big climax, the showdown in the cemetery. All three of our witches are on different flying mechanisms. Uh, one's got a broom, one's got a mop, and the and Najimi, of course, is on a vacuum cleaner because their brooms were stolen earlier by trick-or-treaters. And so, yeah, it's basically kind of like an effects, you know, they're whizzing around and there's a big struggle and they start sucking off Max <laughs> trying to get that sweet, sweet life yep, juice. very close. Um, but anyway... Uh, somehow, you know, the struggle ensues. There's no point in going into a lot of detail about it, but it ends up that... Well, well, we do have to mention one thing, that Binks does get his fucking back crushed by it when he's thrown against the rock. That's true. Um, Binks gets his back <laughs> crushed. It's pretty sweet. Uh, and then two of the witches are shot up into the air as the sun rises. That kills them. And fucking Bette Midler's character touches the graveyard ground and turns into stone. Yeah, and then yeah. she explodes. And Into that's some, like, when green uh, dust sparkle vapor. Yeah. And that's when Binks actually physically dies, which I took it as an assumption that uh, because the witches died, all their curses were broken, which are why the parents were able to stop dancing in the little stinger at the end. Um, so that's why I assumed that Binks fucking just finally died. But we see this fucking awful ghost of the kid from the fucking first part of the movie little mcgee um, dude nci it's junior ncis junior man and he's again lip dubbed oh over God, by he... fucking max goof yep <laughs> it's it's terrible it's not done right the kid's got the dumbest look on his face um and he it's meets really caspery in the way it's that this super caspery and he meets up with his uh younger sister who died in the beginning of this movie and they walk they walk away into the sunset assumingly hell because that's where they belong and that's it i mean that's pretty much it we get a couple of stingers oh the bullies got kidnapped at one point we never brought that up because it was fucking useless um they're stuck in the cages it's kind of funny yeah and max at that Um, one point leaves them there to die like he steals his shoes back and then straight up leaves them there for murder max max leaves two innocent people to die and no one fucking says anything about it like yeah they're bullies but like you could have saved them I don't know. It's that seemed like a normal plot progression to save the bullies and suddenly you're friends with the bullies and you start to fit back into this life that you've hated the entire movie in this new town that you don't want to be in. But now you've got friends who you were originally enemies. I don't know. It just it went completely the opposite way and made Max an incredibly unlikable character. Yeah. And then the parents fucking drunkenly stumble out of town hall. End of movie. As the eyeball on the book wakes up, I put a spell on you, Zach. Hocus Pocus. 25 years later, after its release, what are your thoughts, Zach? 
Dude, I I mean, I've said it pretty much all, but I guess I'll just reiterate. I don't fucking get it. I don't get the obsession with this movie. It's perfectly fine to like a bad movie. I'm guilty of liking bad movies. Everybody's guilty of liking bad movies. But this movie, every October, seems to get taken to another level of people are like, no, if you're looking at fall, es- fall essentials, it's pumpkin spice and hocus pocus. Like... <laughs> It, and and that I don't fucking get. Like, stop posting memes about this fucking movie. It's awful. And I said it earlier. Like, I I'm grasping for things that I want to like in this movie, and I genuinely just can't do it. I was bored. I was angry in parts, and just like slogging through it. I wanted. It was one of the longest ninety six minutes of my life. Um, I can't recommend it to anybody ever. I can't recommend it wow. for you. I can't recommend it for your kids. I can't recommend that even if you liked it as a kid and you like, I just like there are better Halloween movies to watch. A million better Halloween movies to watch. Fucking skip this. Watch Halloween Town, which I didn't like either. I'd rather watch Halloween Town five times in a row than watch this movie one more time. Holy shit, man! Well, so it's got a thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, what, what, where would you kind of put it on the tomato meter, roughly? I'd put it at like a five. Like honestly, Whoa. I think it was that. Oh, I think it was that bad. I can't believe how bad this movie was. I never expected to like it. I, I will say this: I never expected to come in. And be pleasantly surprised, but I, I expected a mid of mid level movie uh, around like what Halloween Town was. Just like it's not for me. I understand why people like it. I understand why kids might like it. I understand why people are nostalgic about it. This one, I je- I don't, I don't understand any of those. I don't understand why people like it. I don't understand why people are nostalgic about it. And I don't think you should show it to your kids. I think there's better movies to watch. It's not really appropriate for kids. To be perfectly honest. I will honest. say that it, it, it did not age well. Um, you know, it was the scene after the bus driver scene. That's where I stopped it. Uh, and I slept the, the rest of the night. And I remember I stopped it and I said to myself, like, I want to I want to give this movie an honest chance because I just I I keep thinking every time I watch it. This is only the second time I've watched it. I watched it the first time in a big group of friends who all grew up with it and all loved it and all loved watching it again. And while I was watching it that time, I felt the same way as I did this time. And so I stopped it. I said, you know what? I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to give the rest of this a fair shake. And I just, look, I'm not going to go as low as you. I don't think it's a terrible movie. I think it's a completely serviceable, like Disney Channel original movie. I don't see why this went to theaters necessarily other than the star power and the production value. But the actual story itself and how it's executed is is just really generic and hokey. I, I just was not a fan of where things went. It's something that I don't think you really need to revisit a lot. And and like you, I won't recommend it to kids of today. Um, maybe, I, I mean, maybe if you've got really young, like, daughters or whatnot. I, again, maybe this is a movie that's that swings more female-centric because the leads are female. Most witches, like, practical magic, dude. I wasn't a fan of that, but I bet a lot of you know, my sisters would probably enjoy that again. Maybe this is one that's just the villains are female. The lead is the fucking Max kid. Like you're right, and I, I wonder if my, maybe if they switch that around, maybe if the whole movie was female, it just seems weird that he's the lead. If that whole movie was just based on the witches, like for whatever reason, whether the witches are good or bad, it doesn't matter. But if it, the whole movie was just focused solely on them, I think it's a better movie. Not a great movie, but a better movie. I 
I, I do recommend for people who say they love this movie and that they watch a lot, I, I just want them to rec to rewatch it. Like if you honestly haven't seen it in a good 10 years and you remember loving this movie, it's okay to rewatch it and just be like, you know what? That's not as good as I liked, as I you know used to remember, but I'm still going to put this in my Halloween lineup. I think it's just one of those movies we as a, like as a, a society, you know, collectively should just be like, you know what? Let's tone it down on the hocus pocus love. If you do enjoy it, Great for you, but don't try to push your hocus pocus love on me, all right? Or make me feel bad for not liking it. That's my bottom line. I'm going to say this, and I realize a lot of people might get angry at me, but I think out of our 50 movies we've done, this is top maybe two or three, one of the worst ones we've wow, ever watched. Wow, dude. Let me get this straight. You like, so you would watch Ernest Scared Stupid again, right? I'd watch Ernest Scared Stupid over this movie. Wow, dude. You know what? I, I mean, I would too. I, I just thought I was alone in, in liking that movie more than this one. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I really just this movie, man. I I I don't have good things to say about it. It sucks. I wish I did, but I I can't find anything good about it. I will happily never watch it again. I'm I'm a little more in line with the critics. I'd say it probably deserves about what they gave it, about a thirty. And I will read to close out kind of our review here of uh, Hocus Pocus. Roger Ebert gave the film one out of four stars, and his just opening lines are describe it perfectly for me. He says, Hocus Pocus is a film desperately in need of self-discipline. It's one of those projects where you imagine everyone laughing and applauding each other after each scene because they're so convinced they're wild and crazy guys. But watching the movie is like attending a party you weren't invited to and where you don't know anybody and they're all, on, they're all in on a joke but won't explain it to you. And that's how I feel, man, including the fan base for this movie. I just don't get, uh, I'm not in on the joke. I'm just not yeah, in on it. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty accurate. I Roger Ebert, as always, nail on the head, man. Well, you know, it's brighter things on the horizon, my friend. We're we're sticking with witches, if I uh, remember correctly, our, our lineup here, and we're actually going to 1999, the Blair Witch Project. Yes, I am excited for the Blair Witch Project. Um, this is a movie I think that has a lot more cultural impact that we can talk about besides the fact of whether or not it's a good movie. I remember loving the Blair Witch Project. I kind of saw it later in life, but so I'm I'm pumped to revisit it. Yeah, me too. I remember this was a huge one of those. Uh, my dad talked about it. Everyone talked about it. And it was one of those. I did see it, I think, maybe as soon as it came out on VHS, which was probably 99 or 2000. I remember seeing it then in kind of secret with my friends and um, not really quite enjoying it, but then like you watching it again later on in life. And I, and I would say only like probably five or 10 years later. And I loved it. I haven't seen it in a good, probably five or 10 years since that. Like it's been a while. That movie is going to be 20 years old next year. (laughs) I would say I haven't seen it in about um, 10 years either. So I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Well, Zach, I want to thank you for, you know, taking the bullet and watching Hocus Pocus. We've gotten this review requested, you know, many times. And I also apologize to all the listeners who we've offended, but you know, it's okay to like a movie and it's okay to not like a movie. And that's all good. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> but, but we will be doing uh you know another family horror related uh film later on this month if you're looking for if you're jonesing for some more you know spooky october related nostalgia be damned go into our archives and check out our former episodes last year i believe what did we do man we did casper Ernest scared stupid halloween town Final Destination and Halloween H20 yeah, years we later did a million, all in that month we did so. a million fucking october movies so <laughs> Yeah. I'm excited for this month. I think we've got some good movies set up. And honestly, it can only go 
downhill from here. <laughs> downhill? What? Dang. Well, I meant like easier for us downhill. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. Like yeah, when yeah. you're I on a bike and you're going downhill. Going downhill. Okay. No, it's all, right. if we're going quality, we can only go up from here, I would assume. I would Tubular, assume. Tubular, dude. Tubular. Well, yeah. uh, at least we got some good 90s bullies out of the whole experience, man. Jay and sure Ice, did. I think they, they might live on. Yeah, no, I could I could use more J and Ice. That's probably where the four of my five percent. <laughs> we from. could we could all use some more J and Ice. Uh, well, thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode of Nostalgia Be Damned. Be sure to subscribe on uh, nbd.podbean.com. You can also send us an email at nostalgiabedamnedpod at gmail.com. Send us a request or a question or anything you'd like to chat with us about we like to interact with our listeners uh zach anything else yeah before we kick off did you have anything you wanted to recommend this week oh that's right of course we are now doing kind of a you know up or down on a few things we've watched this week yeah one that i would like to recommend i rewatched uh paranorman the other day hadn't seen that in a good couple years since it had come out and talk about family related horror movies like that is probably my favorite kid-centric halloween movie to come out in the past 15, 20 years. Like, I love that movie. That is a, a, a fantastic stop-motion animated uh, movie from Laika. And, uh, yeah, really horror-themed. Lots of uh, classic horror movie references thrown out there. And a great voice cast to boot. All right, so uh, I like to I like to kind of clear out my... I've been clearing out my next Netflix queue a lot lately. So a show that I'm going to recommend, uh, Season 2 actually drops Friday, which if you're listening to the day that this podcast comes out is tomorrow... Um, Big Mouth season two comes out Friday. Uh, the first season is so graphic and offensive and we watched this together, Brandon. Um, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's so goddamn funny. Nick Kroll, John Mulaney, Jenny Slate, um, are Jordan, (laughs) Jason Manzoukas, Jordan Peele are all in it. Um, and it's it's so funny. Do not watch it with your parents. Do not watch it with people who are easily offended, because it depicts twelve uh, year olds coming into their own uh, bodies. I guess is a good way to put it. But season two starts. Yeah, I'm it's basically hocus pocus. No witch. Yeah, exactly. I am wildly excited for season two to come out. I just binge watched the first season again to get myself ready. It still holds up. It's ridiculously funny. Um, so there's that also clearing out my Netflix queue for something that I'm not going to recommend. Uh, Josh Groban has a new show on Netflix with Tony Danza called the good cop, um, written by the creator of monk. And I watched the first episode and, uh, like about half of the second episode, I was really excited because the premise of it is that a, uh, a cop who's kind of on the straight and narrow, um, he does everything by the book and he's a really good detective is living with his father who used to be an NYPD hero until he was caught uh, doing some illegal things, basically being a dirty cop. Now they've moved in together while he's on parole and uh, it had some opportunities to be great. I think Josh Groban is actually wildly funny, even though he's a musician, Um, but it's really, it really kind of missed a lot of opportunities and uh, just overall kind of disappointing. So I'd, I'd say if you're thinking about watching that, maybe just go ahead and avoid it because it's kind of boring. Watch Monk instead? No, don't watch Monk instead. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a jungle out there. It's a jungle, it's a jungle out there. It is, out it's there. very <laughs> much like Monk and like Netflix really, like I don't come to Netflix to watch more Monk. I come to Netflix <laughs> to watch, I come to Netflix to watch 
you know, something more closer to Big Mouth. Something, like yeah, yeah I got you. something that's going to push the <laughs> limits a little bit or, you know, show me something that I haven't seen before. And Tony Danz and Josh Groban going at each other is, while not something I would have ever expected to see, not something I really care about. Yeah, either. neither is Monk or NCIS. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, it's, a cro- it's a cop drama. You know, you could do better. Um, I also want to give a quick shout out. I was blessed to be on a podcast that my friend from college runs. Uh, the Bucket Up podcast. Uh, we posted a link to their podcast. I was on it this week. We were talking some of the most rewatchable movies. Uh, go ahead and give them a listen as well. They got a fun podcast. Um, and obviously, if you want to hear more movie talk, that particular episode is definitely a good place to go. And then they talk a lot about a, a lot about uh, general news and life and shit like that. Oh, okay. Well, a fitting episode then, I guess, for one for you to uh, guest on. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. All right, well, we will see you next week with 1999's The Blair Witch Project. Until then, you stay classy, Salem. Bye. If you don't believe, you'd better get superstitious.